So, this is TDMR, and welcome back. Hopefully you came back. And today we have a, a guest today, Adam. Hi. Good morning, everyone. All right. Uh, whatever time it is. Yeah, whatever time you listen to, right? Uh, so, to Adam, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Uh, I'm 25. Oh, really? Oh, you're 25? Mm-hmm. Just okay. turned 25 on July 8th. Oh, really? I was born in Okinawa, Japan. You were born in Japan? Mm-hmm. Well, how was that? Were you... We only lived there two years, and then we moved back to the States to Uvalde, Texas. Oh, really? So you don't have any memories there at all? No, none whatsoever, but I hear a lot of stories from my mother, especially. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Do you, do you ever plan on going back and being like, this is the place of my birth, I'm Japanese? Or <laughs> Well, there's a dual citizenship on that situation, but I would like to, at some point in my life, be able to go the opposite direction around the world and touch Japan, uh-huh. and then... Or do it the other way around because I've I've been as far as Moscow and Saint Petersburg, uh, going the other direction around the globe. So it'd be kind of nice to, just for the sake of hey, I, maybe I could say one day I've traveled around the globe. Oh really? That'd be cool. Uh, uh, that that's a money thing. <laughs> yeah, it always is, isn't it? So you lived in Moscow or? No, 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 no. Um, during my senior year of high school, my parents were going through a divorce, and my dad decided, hey can I have my children fly out and see me in Moscow instead of going home? Cause there's no reason to go home at this point. Um, and that's how I started my first opportunities to travel abroad. I went once during spring break and a total of three other times, uh, but a total of three months of days put together uh-huh. while I was there. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. What was that like? Uh, spring was, while it was snowing, it felt warmer than the snow here in Texas. Really? Um, the summer, it was like a beautiful spring day, like a cool spring day here in Texas. Uh-huh. If that kind of like scales it, and that's that's their high in the, that like, it's been 36 years, and then they recently had a record 100 degrees, and because the concrete's designed for hot weather, or cold weather, uh-huh. um, the concrete was starting to sag a little bit. If you would watch, the uh, women in high heels were leaving tiny, tiny little puck marks in the concrete. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Uh, did you uh, did you learn any uh, Russian or anything like that while you were out there? I, I learned a little bit, uh, enough to make it from point A to point B. Oh, really? Uh, my dad's particular apartment was about 10 blocks away from Red Square, so pretty much in the heart of Moscow, so I could walk pretty much anywhere i could say there was a number of times where i've at least been able to stop at a cafe and grab a soda and point on the menu or i've been able to go to the grocery store around the corner from where he's at um and pick up items i don't have to speak to anyone i recognize most of what it is despite the different lettering Uh, oh really did you so would you speak english to the those people or like hey can i get an apple or something like that or would you say what my generation and younger will likely know at least a few phrases in english because that's that's the second language to learn there it's the hot language to bilingual into um but anyone older than that you had to watch and make sure you know uh and then if someone asked me you know hey do you trying to talk to me and i don't understand i'd say yan uh yan it's, it's been a while. <laughs> do you, do you it's remember like three or four years ago. Oh, man. I thought I was going to go into learning uh, the full language, but I felt like that was a, a vast 
overtaking that I couldn't do. Oh, really? Do you, do you remember any phrases at all? Uh, ya panemai ruski, or ya... Ah, there, that, yeah, ya panemai ruski. I, I understand Russian. Uh, I know a few colors, uh, like krasny is red. Um, you know. Oh, it, wow. Like I said, it's it's kind of like you're trying to remember high school Spanish or high school Oh, French. yeah, let me, let me tell you. Yeah, uh, I guess it's like you don't use it you lose it type of thing absolutely um i remembered a few things uh one of the funny things my dad and i would say backwards is uh yeah dumayu yeah dumayu which is the thinking man from night at the museum oh really in in their translation Uh um see if i can remember another phrase it'll come to me yeah, no. No? <laughs> <laughs> Not right now. What was, the, what was your favorite part about being in Russia? I would have to say the architecture. Uh, when I was a lot younger, that was one of the first things I thought I was going to be doing growing up. And it was definitely a vast career change. Uh, but it didn't happen. But because I realized you had to do a lot of work before you got to that point, And it was uh-huh. intimidating. <laughs> oh. But uh, I love seeing some of the World War II era architecture the soviet union iconography that's across the city it it has a very beautiful aesthetic to it despite you know communism or however you feel about it Uh it's just you can't deny that the architecture is beautiful you look at saint basil's cathedral or uh the church of saint jesus or the church of jesus christ right there near like on red square at the back um then the the walls of the Kremlin, um, the architecture of the armory in the front, the, the structures just had so much beauty to them, especially the churches. Uh-huh. The churches, they make you feel very small, and they make you feel insignificant. Oh, really? They're beautiful. They're absolutely beautiful. What what, uh, what about like gold? What about like the the. the the people did you hang out with anybody that was around your age was there any differences between like the american kids versus the uh the russian kids that you, did you hang out with any russian kids let me ask you that first. i got to hang out with my now uh cousin kirill uh-huh. um of course he had a very different kind of personality community i would say he's kind of gangster russian gang- like but he no, gangster? no his his father uh alexei he bought a construction company right after the fall of the soviet union and it obviously took off after things got better um and so he's kind of like a rich kid wannabe yeah i don't know how to describe it i can't talk (laughs) bad about my family but we all do it (laughs) (laughs) but uh he 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 did walk me around Moscow. We we took the the subway system, and he 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 knew English pretty well. He was able to speak with me. He showed me um, the the Ginosaji, the the death by spoons uh, bit what? initially when I was there. What is that? The death by spoons thing? Uh, it's oh, it's a YouTube video. Oh, is it? Oh, okay, <laughs> I have to look it up. Everybody, Ginosaji. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, well, where, where else have you been to? Um, Only Russia and Japan. Well, while I was in Russia, I got an opportunity to visit St. Petersburg for a birthday gift of mine, as well as London for the first time on my way back. Oh, really? And my parents, uh, my my step now stepmother, Julia, or Yulia, um, 
and my dad Don, um, he uh, he he sent me off from London home, and uh, I caught my parents as they were going into the airport. Uh, my mom and her her new guy as they were coming in. So we had like a thirty minute hi hello okay we gotta go oh, really? wow. <laughs> kind of situation before they took off for a flight to Alaska because they were doing a cruise oh, or wow. no. Uh, Seattle. That's where the crews left out. Of. Oh, okay. I also went to Italy for a spring break trip for arts, uh, for art class in high school. Mm-hmm. In high school. What high school did you go to that you got to go on a trip like that? Uh, a very small town one. Really? <laughs> wow, man. Because when I went to high school, we... about four hundred graduates, roughly in my class, roughly see... unsized. That's not to say that there weren't a, quite a number of dropouts. But oh, okay. About country, say... country town. We'll leave it at that. Because <laughs> I, because my high school had like. 500 600 people but i don't i guess I, I wasn't in the right classes to go anywhere because i think the only field trips we ever took were like to the jail to like show you this is what happens when you break the law and this is you know where you're going to end up because i went to the inner city schools so they were like everybody's gonna end up in jail because you're ethnic i'm like uh but yeah so what was it in italy like oh italy was weather wise it was so confusing because it would be hot during the day but in the evening or morning, um, it was very, very cool. Like, we're talking, there was snow on the ground. And really? a few parts, they had just had a big, you know, snowstorm kind of go through in the areas that we were traveling through. Because we landed uh, in the north, and we traveled all the major cities going south. Um, I don't remember the starting city, but it's the story where Romeo and Juliet most likely to have supposedly taken place. There's, like, a statue there of them. And, oh, really? But uh, we went to... Rome, Florence, Venice, um, Assisi, which is just on the other side of Pompeii, uh, and that city was my favorite. Despite all the beautiful architecture and the the history, uh, Assisi was where I got to see what was Italy countryside, what was Italy in its terrestrial beauty. Really? So was it like... uh... Something like that you see around like Texas and stuff like that, or anywhere in the United States, or was it just completely different, like exotic? There are some things? places in Texas where I might say you could see this area. I would say more in the panhandle is where you're going to get that kind of terrain equivalent. Uh-huh. But really, it's just a lot of rolling hills, and uh, but not like Northern California or anything like that. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Did you... Uh, did you have any? Did you ever get any like foreign girlfriends or anything like that? Or? Uh, no, I didn't. Oh. I, I did try at the time. <laughs> I did try. Like, Carol I mean, introduced me to some of his uh, high school friends. Oh, and really? We sat down at a cafe, and they, he was translating for me because their English wasn't as good as his. Oh, okay. You, uh, were he, you like, he had a higher education compared to them. I'm American. What's up? No, yeah. there were there was just a you know, hey yo, and then I was just sitting there awkwardly like. <laughs> what are they talking about? Or are they just gossiping about the regular stuff? Oh, wow. Because I was trying to pick up on everything they were saying, but uh, at the time, none of the words were coming through, but every other, and it was just in between words from what I understand. Well, that's cool, man. Uh, I- I- any other any other travels? Um, I got to see Cozumel and Progreso, Mexico. Uh, that was the summer of my senior year. My senior year was probably my best year of my life so oh, far. Most adventure. Wow. I mean, um, we went on a cruise. Uh, we were on the Carnival Ecstasy. Really? Ecstasy? Yeah, we were on Ecstasy. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I've been on that. <laughs> no, my. 
I'm not. I am. No, I'm not. <laughs> Anyways, enough about me. More about you. <laughs> so how was it like being on ecstasy, rolling on uh, those waves? I love the all-you-can-eat food and the all-you-can-drink drinks because that was a blast. Now, you had to pay for the alcoholic with anything else. So I basically had, like, sodas, the whole thing. I had some, like, every night they had this big dinner presentation. Everyone would dress nice, and they, they brought all of the food out at once. It was like a concert of people moving around the really? tables. It was like a fine dining experience. Uh, you know, for a cramped cruise ship, that is. But it was really good food. Was it? And I, you I, could I, eat as much as you want. You could straight up request more of whatever that was and of the stuff that they were serving for dinner. Really? I've never been on a cruise, so I have no idea. So, like, you said that you, you could order any drinks. Did they card you if you wanted, like, an alcoholic beverage? Or They have the cruise ship passes that you would hold on to, and they were different based on what your age was and basically it was like a little safety idea oh i'm about to say yeah. man you were like so, in high school getting beer no i was the, the- I, my parents were more than happy to buy them for me i've been i started my first alcoholic experiences uh back when i first visited russia my dad had introduced me to a 15 year old cognac as a boot into drinking oh really <laughs> let's just say at the time i was not ready for it i had half <laughs> well not that i couldn't hold it it wasn't drunk or tipsy or anything it's just uh-huh. it was so powerful in the mouth it was strong it burned and i couldn't appreciate the flavor nowadays i'm sitting here drinking you know jack and i think it's like a soda of the whiskey world and i'm sitting here thinking you know i like something that's around 42% or higher, like honey whiskeys and whatnot. Oh, really? Wow. I, I don't drink at all. I, I don't like the way it feels. Everybody has a drink. They just got to find it. Yeah. Well, I guess. I, I like coffee and tea, sweet tea, but not like sweet tea from... Oh, there's coffee? Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I'll probably get something in a little bit. Uh, well, tell us some more about yourself. Well, uh, you could say I'm a little bit of a romantic, uh, I view the world with a very open view. I, I'm a very open person. The culture from those travels is actually what brought me to more of my openness and seeing people from other cultures and countries. It's just, it makes you feel more human. Really? It makes you appreciate people, want to know more about them sometimes. So. Oh, wow. Well, so, so if you had a choice, would you go back to Europe and just stay there, or would you just stay here in the United States? I mean, w- do you think you would get tired of the, like, the exoticness of Europe? Absolutely. Everyone would eventually if you're stuck somewhere, but sometimes people, that's what they want. You know, They want the same thing for then on. It's a routine or something they're common with, but they got to find something they're comfortable with before they can really settle down and do that. Um, I don't think I would. And I say this mostly because I like being close to the people I know, love, and care about, like my family and the friends that I've developed. Um, In the town that I've been in, the one I graduated from high school, um, that's the longest I'd lived in one place because we moved around a lot for my dad's job. Oh, did you really? Uh, Both of my parents are A-type people. They're very dominant and strong um, managers. My dad, right now, he works for uh walmart at home office and uh he does what uh, i don't know if i could say everything on the podcast but he does basically internal investigation simply put so um but he started off uh doing loss prevention more when i was in oklahoma and in those areas so 
what else? Tell me something else interesting about you. I'm a hobbyist and a video gamer, and I'm a pretty chill, laid-back dude when it comes to hanging out, chatting with friends because of the culture thing. Just knowing people like you, it's, it's interesting to hear other people, too. Uh-huh. But um, I, I do stuff like I play D&D. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a fun experience. You get to role play, go through scenarios, more interacting with people, socializing. And you play with Cameron, right? Yes, I play with a friend of mine named Cameron. Uh, strangely enough, uh, we met my senior year of high school. You didn't take him on any of your trips? You were like, deuces. No, at the time, we weren't even really that close of friends. But I kept in contact because, you know, I, I like keeping in contact with people, hearing from them. I never had a bad experience with them. So um, sometime after high school, I was kind of living out of my own for the first few steps. Oh, really? Uh, it's not so hard, especially... It's it's very hard. Sorry, I said that wrong. Uh, when you're a very independent person. Um, I had two younger siblings that used my parents a lot so i i always felt uh disdain to use oh, my really? parents jumping topics i'm sorry that's fine uh, I mean, but yeah cameron cameron kind of reapproached me and kind of re-entered into my life and you know since then we kind of started talking more and more again and nowadays we're playing dd together and we're playing warhammer and doing all kinds of fun stuff which another hobby of mine i'm really big into the models and the building aspects of that um a lot of cool models. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a collector of the Space Wolves, the uh, Eldar, uh, the Harlequins, and a small army of Chaos. So, And that, that's for the the 40K? Yeah, Warhammer 40K, the tabletop. Okay. All right, what, what, what was it like uh, growing up here in uh, Texas? In here, Texas? Uh, in a small town. I'm tired of the heat. Are you really? <laughs> I'm burnt out. You you wish you'd be back in Russia where it was cold? Well, I'll be honest. I do I do generally prefer cold weather because you can always add more layers. You can always do stuff to stay warm. And there's a point where it starts making other people leave you alone. <laughs> people always say that. Like, oh, you only take off so much clothes. Man, I like the heat. I just don't like the humidity. The humidity is like oh, humidity is even more awful. Yeah, it like magnifies everything. I wish I, could, I, I wish I could get back to Arizona where it was just a dry heat. And it was like, it was nice. Uh, the humidity in Texas is One of my- murder. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's really hot. Yeah, it's really hot. But yeah, it's that. really hot. No, oh, I said that backwards. Cold. <laughs> Sorry. No, no podcast wait. nervous. Whatever. No, don't don't even, don't even be nervous. I mean, whatever doesn't sound good gets cut. Whatever it does stays in. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's no big deal. I mean, you can just say whatever you want, like fuck, shit, duck. You know, fuck a duck. <laughs> so uh, tell me about your childhood, man. Uh, What's going on with that? My childhood. Um. Uh, do you want to talk about your childhood, or do you just want to skip it? I, I was both a single child and not a single child. And I say that because my, my brother and sister are, like, five years older than me. There's a big gap between us at the time and, you know, for different stages in our life. Plus, both my brother and sister were kind of problem children. Oh, really? They uh, they went out and partied with the wrong crowd sometimes. My sister ran away when she was 14 for a solid month. We were pretty messed up wow. over that. But, uh they had moved in and out a lot and so i was kind of always a constant and there was a point where we lived out in the middle of nowhere in oklahoma and i was by myself for the longest of time and that's where a lot of my imagination really blossomed because i really had nothing but you know kind of mess around on the ranch property that we were renting going fishing and 
hanging out, riding horses and stuff like that. Because I grew up in the country initially. Oh. Uh, we started off uh, middle class, lower, uh-huh. and we stayed kind of like that uh, all the way up until I, you know, turned thirteen. Uh, we kind of started jumping up into the more higher middle class, but there were times where we would get down to pretty bad, uh, situation back before all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've kind of been through the spectrum of economy too. Uh, never super rich, but I've been to all those lavish places. So oh, have you? I've got to experience new foods. That's, that's something that's who. A lot of really good food. I got to try sushi for the first time while I was in Russia. It's a lot better there for some reason. Really? In I Russia? I don't know why. In Russia? Yeah. I mean, oh man. Anyways, talking about like the uh, types of crowds, man, uh, that your your siblings were into. What kind of crowds were you into? I was always in the corner by myself. I, I really, I did socialize with a handful of people, but I usually socialized with. The, the outcasts or the dorks, the, the, the idiots. Uh-huh. Um, and then every now and then I had an intellectual friend. And as I got smarter, uh, you know, I had more and more. Like, to... <laughs> got smarter. <laughs> well, there was a point where Johnny I was actually, <laughs> I had a learning disability. Early oh, did on, you? So oh, my, I, I no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not sorry. even offended by it. I'm not even offended by it. Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. Man. <laughs> no, dude, bad. it's, it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> As I got smarter, <laughs> I got smarter. I, I worked. I worked around my learning disability. I found a new way to learn. Oh, awesome, man! Um, so, so that's cool, man. So, uh, what, tell tell us something else about you, man. Something, uh, something that most people don't know about. Most people don't know. or do do know about. I don't know. Do know? Okay, so a lot of people do know, and this actually kind of relates to the whole hanging out with my crowd and stuff. I stayed around a lot of nerds. Uh, a lot of people knew, like most kids, played video games uh-huh. around my generation. Uh, but I had some different interests on top of art. You know, art was one of my first big things. It's what started with the architecture. I wanted to draw lines. And then I wanted to draw more and more. Now, I don't consider myself a good artist, but every artist doesn't. <laughs> um, I was kind of becoming, over time, well-known for being what everyone knows today as a furry. A furry. Uh, what, 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 explain what a furry is to those okay. who never heard this the term. Is, uh, <laughs> All right. So, furry is kind of like an all-encompassing term, kind of like you would use the term uh, Christian if you wanted to like use it to cover many, many subgroups. Uh-huh. Um, that said, furries are people who are fans of anthropomorphic art, uh, fursuiting which is like wearing mascot outfits, going around in public and performing. Some people do it professionally. Some people do it as a personal hobby. Um, some people are really big artists. They're prolific. They, they do digital artwork, traditional artwork. They do alternative artwork, making dolls and et cetera, of the caricatures that people create of their own. Uh-huh. Uh, mostly fan-made. There's, there's a big following of people who have uh, what they call a fursona, which is their furry version of themselves or a furry character that they have made or bought, traded, because you can create one and you know put it up for adoption. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. It's crazy things that artists do, but it, there's, there's a lot of fun trade of culture in that. Uh, it's a very open and accepting community in a lot of parts, but They've been the butt end of internet jokes for quite some time, so we've kind of heard the worst of it. I even have a couple friends that I 
intentionally love it when they use insults because it keeps me keeps me keeps me tough (laughs) yeah you you gotta stay strong because we go hard on earth man (laughs) so uh so uh so like how what drew you to that man um well i had a native american grandmother Uh and i spent a lot of my summers early on growing up there in oklahoma a small area near McAllister, and uh it's in the kaimishi area Uh um really beautiful terrain it's kind of hot sometimes but it's not as unbearable as texas is in my opinion um but my nana and i were really close we talked a lot we read books um and she did a lot of artwork too uh she was my early inspirations for wanting to do art and uh she would collect kachina dolls and she would bead them she'll cover them with beads and then sell them and she would make jewelry with turquoise and all kinds of cool stuff my uh my uncle her, her brother or my great uncle he he also did a lot of Native American stuff, but he more worked with bone and making dream catchers and stuff like that. And uh, of course, I got to I got to know some Native American philosophy and beliefs because they took a lot of that into their work. They tried to incorporate it. Um, Choctaw Indian, uh, if anyone's curious, uh-huh. it's around that area too. So and so and so, like hanging around with them. Uh, hanging out with them, um, I got into the wildlife a lot. And, oh, okay. you know, I started getting into totems. I started getting into some alternative religion uh-huh. early on. And uh, I kind of expressed myself, you know, oh, I feel like uh, I'm definitely guided by the wolf totem. So there's a lot of wolf in my life. Uh-huh. So I took it on a spiritual level. Um, really loved wolves growing up. Uh, the, the the joke called uh, a wolfaboo. A wolf-a-boo? It's like a play on with weeaboo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like uh, weeaboos. They're my favorite type of people. <laughs> and uh, so I kind of started off in a religious point, and then I started, you know, Googling, oh, wolves, Google wolves, Google wolves. I always uh-huh. wanted to look at pictures of wolves. And then I started coming across uh, fur, uh, furry art uh-huh. uh, early on. I was mostly looking for, like, werewolf stuff because werewolves were the in thing for me at the time. Oh, they're so cool because it was wolf. Yeah. Super bestial, rip your face off. Real cool, real cool. And, uh that's that's where it started right there that's Google right images. there at at school in our free time you know after we finished our lab work in the computer lab you know we can go do whatever and it was neopets and google images of wolf <laughs> neopets. <laughs> awesome man and so like uh so like instantly you knew like you know what this is the caricatures really appealed to me uh the community was pretty cool uh there are some bad sides, however, uh-huh. to every group. Yeah. Just like there are bad sides to every religion. Uh-huh. Um, there is a dark side of the community, uh, furry community that has become brought to the limelight recently by a CSI episode. I say recently. This was years ago. <laughs> Good God. But I'm pretty sure most people will probably remember that. Um, you know, that's what uh, they, they featured a lot of pornographic content and... For a lot of people, this was their first introduction to what furries were. They used the term. They used furry conventions. Uh, there was men dressing up in, and men and women, but uh, dressing up in mascots or fursuits, as mm-hmm. I mentioned before. And they would do sexual acts and stuff like that, like have orgies. And that was part of the plot was something was entwined with a sexual scene in uh-huh. the, the episode. 
and it caused an uproar and people who were fursuiting out in public who had no attachment to any of that part of the community were being brought out and made shame of and called names and shoot out of places. Um, uh, people were yelling pedophile or, you know, sexual deviance. And yeah. that's kind of actually where the whole, it became popular to hate on furries on the internet came from like really started to blossom big then now there were some people who did already hate on them of course those yeah, hipsters course. <laughs> hipsters <laughs> sitting in their coffee coffee shops but that's where i noticed a lot of it really start really so what is uh what is the furry community to you what are you uh well for my uh for my for my for my girlfriend uh she makes she makes fursuits um she made a living out of it. Um, at one point, I was making my first, and I had given her my scraps, and that's where she started. And she was a very artistic friend of mine in the same area. And uh, she, of course, is uh, a furry as well. Uh, so it just—it's one of those kind of unsaid things. Most of the time, furries tend to uh, date furries because there's a there's oh, really? a certain underlying personality or understanding if it's especially if it's a big part of who you are which it is for me uh -huh. um you know it's just so how okay so like when you meet somebody new do you do automatically just tell them hey i'm a furry or do you not tell them is that something that you keep personal <laughs> first on i didn't because it was like around the time i was in high school when it was getting popular to think they were weird and people in high school got to know me and they were like oh you're into the furry stuff you're a weirdo Oh, so yeah. I, I, that was that was the source of a lot of bullying for me. But that's why at this point, it no longer bothers me whatsoever. I do not give a fuck. I sit there and say, dude, I've heard the worst. I'm comfortable being called a furry. Oh, <laughs> it's really? not going to bother me anymore. Wow. Well, that, well, that's good that you're, you know, that you're comfortable with it. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Did we lose track of where we were going with that? No, no, no. We're definitely on track. What, what else is it? What else is furry? to you or uh for me i like seeing a lot of the artwork there are some really talented artists out there who freaking amaze me and i aspire one day to maybe be good like them or be able to draw comics at the level of art they do uh kind of like how people are really into anime and they draw anime and whatnot uh -huh. that's kind of like the equivalent in the side of the community i am uh in uh -huh. so tell us about the the fursuits Fursuits. Okay, like, so uh, are they fursuits, hot? What do you? What, what are like the regulations on it? And there, stuff like there's that? like a scale. There's different types of fursuits. There's different equipment you can use for the same thing or for the same effect, but do different things. Like the fur color alone is a hassle. They're very expensive and labor intensive to make. However, they're very rewarding, but they're also very expensive to buy. Um, for example, with my girlfriend's business, uh, her starting price on most of her standard full suits is 1000 and up wow. i think she's currently at 1200 starting wow. price and then you start adding your options on top of that really and it covers a lot of the cost and labor hours you don't have to pay for it all in once if you don't want to she does payment plans most artists do at that level wow so so like uh or can you just choose like any animal you you want to be or is it you, are it's, there rules for there's that? No rule. no, there's, there's no rule. There's no rule. If you're a person and you want to do something, do it. 
Th- uh-huh. That's the number one rule. Screw everything else. Try not to step on people's toes and don't copy. But uh-huh. if you have a cool and original idea, which a lot of people are struggling to be original nowadays because every persona is used or taken in some fashion. You want a black wolf? I've got those in spades. Oh, really? You want a white wolf? I've got those in spades. You want to see a cat, a leopard, a lion. There's there's all kinds of different uh, types of furries and personas. There's even others known as a subgroup called scalies, which are the scaled variants like dragons, lizards. Oh, really? Crocodiles. Crocodiles. Well, okay, tell me about these personas. How do you develop a persona or and stuff like that uh, because or do you like is it is it like when you play in D and D you act out your character or do exactly you, like it, that exactly actually like people want to create their own character in D and D much in the same way people want to create their own character uh, for a persona and that's where you get seeing people have a bunch of characters even ones that they've made and they want to sell like hey this is copyright with these pattern markings so this is an official character i've made this i have claim to it oh wow this is the character name i'm selling it for this amount kind of like you would sell rights to something oh really uh, but there's different custom ways you can do that making your own persona however is very difficult for a lot of people so they either have an artist do it for them but if you're lucky enough to be talented with art you can draw your own persona exactly how you want so you have to have like a drawing to uh, have a persona? typically what you do yes sometimes people just have a f- a full suit but in order to get that suit you need a reference which is a front side back maybe other options included like a close-up of the mouse so you can see the different details uh-huh. uh, that would make your character unique for example my persona i have chosen to represent myself not saying the name but he is a you know anthropomorphic wolf uh, with solid gray hair like a, a deep gray not a dark dark gray though uh, black paws with uh teal blue claws he has a slight mohawk faux hawk kind of thing going on uh-huh. uh and it's like white with neon blue tips i have neon blue markings across my body there's there's white front um there's a couple markings that pay homage to one of my original personas because this persona has evolved with me it's changed several times just like i've as a person changed uh-huh. several times so oh, wow. I, I pick one that kind of feels like it represents my personality in a in a artwork. Uh-huh. It's expressive. Oh really? Oh but man, that, that sounds. That's like a lot. A lot of people come up with their characters, and some people they just making characters for role play. Are there are there like famous furries like in the community? Oh, absolutely. There is infamous furries too. Oh really? Ones that go to conventions and cause trouble. I don't want to talk bad about anyone, so I'm not going to bring anyone up. <laughs> But uh, well, then tell there are a lot of prolific people. Like one, for example, one of the first creators of a, a new industry within the furry community, which was fursuit parts, uh, was a character or person, an art maker named Manoyasha, and uh, she opened up a business of making these fursuit parts out of resin, silicone, and whatnot to add to suits. It's part of what my girlfriend used to apply in making her suits. Um, her her character is Mono. Mon- yeah, I already said Monoyasha. Mon- yeah, her her main her her fursona is Monoyasha. Oh, and okay. she had a business named Dream Vision Creations. Oh, okay. Is that her, the name of her business now? Yes, absolutely. And she's very prolific. Do a want, lot of people want... know her, even artists. Ah, it's hot. Coffee. Yeah, finishing off this soda. Okay. Uh let's see. Where were we? Before I burnt my mouth. Were there any 
famous. Yeah, yeah. Were there any? Do you there's, have any? There's you, ones have, that like, are any... popular for dancing. For dancing, yeah, they do like dance competitions. Monster Roo is the character. I don't know the owner of that character or what their personal identity is because some fursuits, uh, people want to keep their identity anonymous. Uh-huh. Uh, it's mostly so that they people don't associate them with being part of the furry fandom because of some of the bad connotations that have come from either the internet or episodes of CSI. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> So like yeah so like at the conventions tell me about like the conventions how how do those work Oh conventions are a fun place to be in general regardless of what kind of convention you're going to um just like you know anime conventions or comic con or you know the big nerd conventions uh furries have their own conventions uh they've been doing it for many many years uh since the 80s if i understand correctly and wow. that's uh that's a long time not too too long, but yeah, that's, like that's over like for community finally years. getting together. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay then. Uh, it's it's a it's impressive. Uh, usually, there's a big event at most fur conventions where they do like a fursuit parade. Uh-huh. Uh Well, they'll have everyone who has a fursuit. Sometimes people come with multiple and only wear one at a time. So, oh, wow. and sometimes they'll have their friends come wear them for them so their characters can all be on display. But they'll get together for a big group photo and then they'll line everybody up in a big conga line that they take donations, they carry around buckets and her- excuse me, intermittently throughout the line and so people can donate as they go by. And you get to admire people's work, creativity, their originality, um, their expressiveness with what their characters are doing. You kind of show them some appreciation for being a big part of the community and this is where you get a lot of your prolific characters coming oh, from wow. like monster Roo, who in for fursuit conventions was doing dance competitions which is one of the many events that they have there so like in the dance competitions you know it must be hard to dance in a, in a big old suit like that or do they modify it where uh it's only it mostly like, depends on the suit i mean what wow uh, some suits are very bulky and a lot of animatronics there are newer suits nowadays that are coming out that have uh full screen eyes that like they're out of a phone you know screen very bright and vibrant but there's specific kits you can buy they're oh, really? cornering the market on there's like new and more and more new stuff kind of like cosplayers have their own community for building suits. Uh-huh. so i so i guess it's getting like a more animatronic i guess where like uh like in the movies where they make a monster head and the lips move and some people go that extra mile and those suits generally cost a hefty penny more over oh really there are people who have gone as far as to immerse themselves in their characters where they see like that kind of creature would for example there was one uh gentleman who made a lion head and uh, he installed specific cameras with the same binocular well i don't know what their type of vision is but he set it up so that he was seeing as a lion would from that head Oh, really? And including uh, the color differential. I, I don't recall off the top of my head how it looked, but uh-huh. I imagine it was some probably really cool, like Predator Vision. <laughs> that would be cool with the do 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 do. Anyways. So, like, wearing one of those suits and everything like that, it must get really hot and stuff oh, while you're at the conventions. It What's is it? both a freeing experience as it is a taxing experience. Uh, there's, there's a symptom. From your first time for a suiting, especially if you get a lot of popularity or a lot of attention. Uh, people like the anonymity, sometimes intentionally, sometimes they just keep it separate. Um, some people use that anonymity in order to be who have, who they feel like they are in their core. 
their their true self as they would call it and they can act out however they would normally but not have the fear of what people think of them other than what they have built their persona to look so if they're a very beautiful character you know they can extrude like a an, an aura of etherealness about the character and that's something that they don't get in their normal social life that they want to express and get um but the symptom is called clark kent superman your first experience you're probably going to sweat a lot and uh-huh. make sure you hydrate of course but after all that excitement is gone and all the adrenaline has left your body and your body is starting to feel very taxed by wearing the suit. You'll get out of your suit and you'll walk by people in a convention just like you would walk by normally. But now people aren't paying attention to you. And it's like suddenly <laughs> you have had all of your attention robbed from you. Oh, really? And it kind of makes you feel a little sad. But that's where the addiction is for a lot of people. And that's why they're really big into the suiting. Oh, really? Sweating in its own right is a very fun experience because you feel very refreshed afterwards, especially once you wash off. So, like, in the, in the kind city, of like after a good workout, do you do you like wear like clothes underneath, or like just your underwear, or do you wear like a whole set of regular clothes? By too? preference, for my suit personally, I used a Under Armour pair of pants, and I used an Under Armour shirt underneath to help deal with the sweating. Unfortunately, I was always notoriously a heavy sweater. I've always been through football, uh-huh. so. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so, like, at the conventions, uh, wh- what do you do if you get too hot at a convention? Do, they you have know? a specific room at most conventions, or at least in my experience so far, where it's called the Headless Lounge. Uh, they specifically don't allow photography in there, uh, mm-hmm. so people can keep that anonymity, or maybe take off their head, and they have, like, little tiny blowers set up with a button you can push in my at my convention with uh, a lot of little pipes coming out and there's even like a little tree of pvc pipes where you can set your head on it to blow out the the hot air and to like dry off the sweat or to cool it down really while you can sit there and sit in a chair and drink cold water that the hotel provides for the convention in order to make sure you stay hydrated they don't want anybody having a medical emergency so like that, when you're in that room do you, do you like just stare straight ahead or stare straight no, people at the usually ground look at each other converse sometimes people will stay in their suits the whole time they just want to be in the cooler air they typically keep that room very cold. Oh, wow. So, um, but it's a lot of socializing back there. Usually it's kind of like the higher echelons of society getting together <laughs> for conventions. Well, only here do we take off our Not our, everyone can afford helmets. a multi-thousand dollar suit. Wow. Just to run around and have fun at. Well, what else happens at conventions? That, uh... There's a lot of get-togethers. There's panels. There's some celebrities within the community, like Mono Yasha herself, who will do like a workshop on building fursuits. Uh, there are people who get together who are fans of a particular uh, genre that has a lot of furry fandom following, kind of like Star Fox. Uh, a lot of people really love Star Fox and the characters and oh, Crystal. Wait, that's furry? Well, some people consider that like part Star of the Fox. community. <laughs> well, I, I mean... They're an example of an anthropomorphized well, animal. So it's like every... Some people are just fans, and obviously, if they're a fan of anthropomorphism and furries, it's something that naturally draws to them. Kind of what like a, Chinese culture or Japanese culture to people who are big fans of anime. Yeah, so if you like, what, what if you like anime girls with cat ears? Does that make you uh, like a, a furry? That's up to you. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, I mean, classify yourself how you want. I don't believe in classifying. So, and So there's like, there's no... Too, too much there. There's no line? Where it says, "Oh, you cross this line, you're there." Down. There is, there is a line with furries, and it, there's some taboos, especially among the ones who are into the more sexualized uh-huh. uh, side of the community. So, in your opinion, in your opinion, when would it start being considered furry? 
furry. Oh, uh, in my line, um, definitely beyond cat ears and cattail. Oh, okay. That's 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 <laughs> neko girls or cat girls. That's that's more, in my opinion, an anime territory. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. There's there's so many different types of in betweens that people have made that there's really no real way. Some people who say that a character who is a werewolf is considered a furry. See, I was maybe ask that's you that. part of their examples. For example, I, I okay, here's here's a good example of what I consider furry. Okay. But a really good werewolf at the same time. If you've seen Van Helsing with I think Hume Jackman? No, yes, not yeah, Hume. Is, is it Hume Jackman? Jackman? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if I'll get this wrong. Probably somebody will comment somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> like that guy. But uh, the main character, he becomes, spoiler, uh, oh, werewolf God. at the oh, end. Oh, man, you're supposed to do a countdown so they can turn it off. They, just in case nobody... Anyways, don't matter now. Spoiler. You can edit it in there. Yeah, yeah, long. five, four, three. No, anyways, go <laughs> go ahead. But uh, he, he transforms into a large black werewolf. And to me, that is a really badass-looking werewolf. Yeah. That's what I like to see in a werewolf. I don't like to see that classic... 80s style or american werewolf in paris style yes, werewolves. those too. are terrible yeah. dog soldiers great horror film a lot of werewolves they're really cool what, what uh, about like the underworld werewolf, underworld that was underworld like and they were specifically made as suits i am impressed not a much of those suits is cgi if any if i remember correctly those things were handmade by some very professional people and they did an amazing job oh i i i, I like the the idea of those werewolves but I didn't like that they were all like hairless, and you know, because like like you I said, I don't the one, like hairless werewolves. Yeah, because like the 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 one in Van Helsing, that's like the the one I think a werewolf should look like. I mean, mm-hmm. monstrous, hairy beast thing, very savage. Yeah, go screw something up. Yeah, very, you know, threatening, mm-hmm. very primal, barbaric. Yeah, even. but that's not necessarily everyone's taste. Some people want to be. I want to be the shy type. Uh, foxes are a very popular one in the community as well what what's the most annoying thing about being a furry <laughs> being grouped together with the ones that are annoying <laughs> being grouped together with the ones that cause a lot of drama well, what type of furry is annoying to you oh uh, when you see them at the convention or once you just know, you're role like, oh, play God. awkwardly in public they, they don't have a lot of the general social cu- of course I, I guess i could say I'm maybe bragging maybe a little narcissistic to say but i feel like i have a good communication skill with other people. Uh-huh. And when I see people who are not very good at their socializing, cause maybe they don't get out much. Now I can't say that maybe they have a disability. I can't say that maybe they're just, they haven't really interacted with people a whole lot or they're just, there's something wrong with them. I don't know. Uh-huh. I try not to judge on that, but there are ones who just, they don't make the norms. And I generally just try to, I digress away. I, I move away. I distance myself, but I'm not rude in any way. I, I just I like to mind my own business, and if I see something interesting, I'll go to that as needed. What, what do you mean the norms? They don't meet the, the norms. norms. Social norms. Uh, people who don't just walk up and hug you without asking. People who don't uh, walk up and say hi and then just start telling a lot of stuff about themselves. You're like. <laughs> I was in the middle of a conversation with someone else there. Could you wait at least? I mean, maybe I'll be interested, but I'll be honest. I, I don't want to hear you ring your bell. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know you right now. Yeah, it's just like awkward. Like, I, I don't really take to strangers easily, as despite being open. It's just if you approach me very quickly, people who come very quickly at me or 
into the conversation kind of make me back up and back uh-huh. but like hang on slow down let's be chill <laughs> what well, uh do uh does anybody in your family know that you're a furry most of my family knows i'm a furry on the closer side my distance family they either are vaguely aware just because they've seen me talk about my art or show my fursuit off uh-huh. and they have a different uh view of it if you will some people just think it's just oh well my girlfriend makes the suits and i have a suit and we go to conventions and then a lot of people don't realize there's you know, a bunch of little telegram groups, just like a phone app for basically like Facebook Messenger. And uh-huh. So, like, uh, what there were even the, fantasy creatures. What so. was it like? Did you, is it like coming out to your parents, like, hey, I'm a yeah, or it, strangely what, enough, well, it really tell, was. Tell me about that. Strangely enough, it really was. Uh, my parents, they, they thought it was very weird. They thought it was linked to, uh, bestiality, which is, <laughs> Something I had been, like, super afraid people were thinking about me. That's one of those things that came out of a lot of the bad connotations. People think, oh, well, you know, if there's any remote sexual side of the community, then it's about bestiality, you know. Right. So, like, did did your mom cry or did she, like, I, I hate you? Or My parents you thought I was very strange. They had to sit me down and have a talk. Really? Unfortunately, it was around the same time, right after, like, a week before, they had discovered my first porn stash on the computer. <laughs> really? You, oh, man. And I'll be perfectly honest. That's... Myself, I did have some scantily clad, dressed, furry art at the time. Why so, not? I mean, that's that's where they saw that and were like, hey, this is, this is something wrong with our son. <laughs> did your dad go like, hey, son, <laughs> I need to talk to you? My dad was more the shy type. Oh, my really? Dad, my dad was, despite, you know, being in the Marine Corps and a lot of the stuff he did, I mean, he's no by, by no means shy, but when it comes to stuff that's, like, lewd or whatnot, my dad is very quiet. He doesn't talk. My, I, I more was open with my mother growing up. Oh, really? My, I felt like I really didn't need a birds and bees. I kind of figured everything out on my own, but when it finally came time, it was more my mom's territory. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I'm very open now as a person in general because of the furry community and the people I've met and the things they've introduced me to or, you know, they themselves are into. And then, you know, growing up, it's a different kind of experience when you're just as open with your mother, you know, so. So what about your brother and sister? My brother and sister think it's just a weird thing that I do. Um, My brother, he's way out on the other side of uh, the States, out in California. Uh My sister, she's here in Texas, but she's bouncing between, I don't know, number uh boyfriend slash husband thing my yeah. girl uh i would i would have to say my my older sister is in love with love she, oh, really? she doesn't stay tied down to a guy oh uh, yeah i have a russian little sister do you really yes i do her name is uh masha Ma- masha masha or mariana masha that's just that that's her name is is it like a like your dad's daughter or is it like it our is it was or? my stepmother's daughter entering into the relationship with she was very young uh she's good god she's 16 now oh wow <laughs> did, so does she live in russia then or uh she did she she was born in moscow when she uh she immigrated with my stepmother she actually only recently about two years ago became formally an american citizen um uh, Oh really? Because the paperwork process takes a little bit, from what I understand. Well, wow. So what's so? Are you like? A, do you act like a big brother towards her, or do you talk I, to her, or do you just mind? I believe family is very important, uh-huh. uh, and that's actually a very Russian thing. And I've always been drawn to the Russian culture because of that. 
Russians are very close as a norm in a tight family unit, their togetherness. And I know that if she didn't have my approval, she didn't have me around and approving of her and keeping her involved in the family. I felt like she wouldn't get that same kind of connection she should have got growing up and her personal culture. So I, and, but as a whole, I, I don't, I don't see lines. I don't see half. I just call them my brother and my sister. Oh. Uh, they're half both my brother and sister biologically. And then I have my now biological little brother. Uh, he's like, uh, four or five now. Oh, wow. Uh, his name is Connor. Connor. Uh, he was born in London. Oh, really? So man, y'all just born everywhere. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, I have an international family. Yeah, you do. No, my, my family is just all here in Texas pretty much. I've been very blessed and lucky. You have been be able to do all that you've done and and experience what you experience, man. That's yeah. With a lot of the philosophy that I've developed over time, I've, I I honestly can say I may not want to die, and I'm I'm a fighter. I'll fight to the end. But I know right now that if I died tonight, I would have felt satisfied with the things I've done, and that's something very early to have at 25, and it's a very freeing experience. Wow. All right. Okay. Is uh. Is there anything, any last words you want to say? Those of you who are D&D fans or haven't already played D&D, 5th edition is pretty simple. It's pretty straightforward. It's worth picking up, and it's a good opportunity to get out, socialize with people, especially if you're a nerd. Because I, I believe a good portion of the crowds that listen to podcasts are generally nerds or geeks of some kind. So go play 5th edition if you haven't already. It's worth it. Should they go to like a, a place where they're like a comic book store where they gather or... Cheapest option I've come across so far is Amazon.com. They uh, they have the books on a lot cheaper than most your your friendly local gaming stores do, because they they try to bring the price up in order to make their own profit. Cut the man out, and you can get a little bit of a bet, better deal. Okay, awesome. All right, well this has uh, been TDMR. I'm still practicing the the name, <laughs> even though I've been saying it forever. Uh, hopefully uh, you you listen to this. Uh, make sure you subscribe. Take a moment to uh, leave some stars and maybe a review that would really help me out and uh, everybody else because we can have them back on and we'll just keep on going. Smash that subscribe button. Yeah, smash it. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, one more thing. I, I'd like to thank uh, Astro Panda Productions, I guess their parent company that helps with this podcast. All right, y'all have a good day. Bye.